Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. What's up everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up guys? This is Paul Verzi and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 352 for Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. How's it going, onesies? You guys having the best day ever? Huh? How about the week? How about the month? How about your existence? Is it is it amazing all the time? You're just crushing it? I uh, I hope that you are. I am... What is this thing that you've you've just stumbled upon here, this... this a post. I am so good at slamming my sentences together that the middle parts just get completely reamed out and words stick together. What is this podcast that you may have stumbled across? Well, it is me, comedian, brand ambassador, earthling, Josh Williams, telling you what is going on with me personally, professionally, and everything in between. And this week, I'm going to tell you guys about some gigs that I did. I I watched a couple things, which I don't normally do because I'm super wicked busy, but I actually watched a couple things one night just sitting in bed. I I really spent a long time and quite the rabbit hole going into shoe cleaning. And I'll tell you guys about that. Uh, I popped into a good life to see if I could get myself a gym membership to try to ride this weight loss thing. I'll let you guys know how that's going too. I had a games night with my friend, did a, an event, a big cannabis event that was pretty exciting. And yeah, I mean, let's, let's just go with it. I love that I'm, I'm now organizing. I also have, of course, the quote of the week, the top five, some plugs and things like that for you guys. So I'll tell you all about that. I'll tell you all about that there thingy. Let's start. What do we want to start with? Let me start with my, let's do my anecdotal bullshit. eh? How about that? How about that? Let me start by saying I would like to partially retract a frustration from a couple episodes ago. I talked about uh, an issue with snow shoveling and trying to address that with my roommate and former partner and how that did not go well at all. I didn't like how I, how I just sort of talked about how I was feeling at the time in the sense that I, I try never to slag anyone. And I've had so many people since say like, you're usually really good at like not putting anybody in a fight. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't normally do that. But when you're, I'm going to start off and sound ugly again. Again, if this is your first time listening, you're like, what is, what the fuck is going on? This guy, I thought this guy was a comedian. I just want to say that I had made an assumption that, that in the moment where the, the, my, my, my roommate had left was to see a, a current lover. And all I can say is after the discussion, it's like, no, we're not, you know, I was told that we're not together. I just went away on a, a ski, ski weekend with said person. And we, you know, we didn't do anything. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not interrogating. So, and in, in that moment, she's up, she just left. She didn't go anywhere, whatever. So I had made a prediction and I'm not super keen on how that prediction went. Well, just in the sense that I like to share uh, a knee jerk frustration thought, whatever. I'm not, uh, I'm not huge on that. 
to say we're getting along better is, you know, it's a thing. Sometimes, you know, a few days will go by, everything's fine. And then the next not. So who knows? But all I can say is that like, after speaking to the person, it was like, okay, so that's not where you went in that moment. And I had made a, a proclamation that that was my, my thoughts. It was really weighing heavily on my mind. So sorry, I am, I am human. I, I make no excuse for it, but I also am one to say like, all right, listen, for what it's worth, that person is apparently not seeing someone had just gone away for a weekend with an old friend whom I've never heard of in all the years we we're together. But I'll be honest, guys, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better about a lot of things and starting to really not care what this person does. It's, I'm not saying I don't care about them, but I'm just starting to be like, you know what? I, I, every time I address something amicably or civilly, I get met with like hostility that, that you wouldn't understand. And this is hostility that I've, I've never shared with you guys the whole time we're together because just like any level of, Hey, you did something that upset me is, is met with this. And I'm, I'm in a point where I, I guess I value myself enough to not allow someone to just kind of talk to me that way. And I know that doesn't mean that like I yell back. Like there's a lot of people who think that like when someone's giving you shit, like you, you yell back and that's how you protect yourself. It's like, no, it's just recognizing that like, I'm not going to even be a part of this conversation if that's how you're going to, going to talk to me. But having said that, like, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm feeling relatively accomplished. The weight loss has slowed, but not stopped. And I'll share that with you guys momentarily, but essentially just, I'm, I'm just not worried that, you know, I'm, I'm still lonely, but I'm not in a place where I'm like, oh, I need this person's approval. It's recognizing the psychology behind where I was at. Again, if it's your first time listening, God, I'm so sorry. This is like a slight retraction. I don't do this like ever, but yeah, just essentially I was in a relationship with somebody for a long time who I never felt good enough for their actions kind of solidified that on a regular basis. And so it's like always just feeling like you're not good enough. There's, you know, people have this with their parents and things like that too, where you just never feel good enough for somebody who you value or who means something to you. And it, and it's, it sucks. So I've been somebody who, who, uh, for years has, has struggled with that. And I'm at a point now where I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'll ever get that person's approval and not because I don't deserve it. I think the biggest thing is understanding that it's not because you don't deserve it. Just maybe that person doesn't have the capacity for that. But having said all that, I, I just want to say like, Hey, listen, when, uh, when two people are fighting all the time, like if you're, if you're in a relationship, where there's a lot of fighting, like, I don't know the value of it or whatever, in terms of like the, the context of why you fight or whatever, but just know when the other person's mad at you and stuff like that, the opposite of love is not hate, despite, you know, what, what people think the opposite of love is indifference. When you, when you get to that point where that person just doesn't care anymore, you know, that's, that's when you know that, you know, you're either not in love with them anymore or they're not in love with you anymore. You know, when people are fighting, it, it takes a lot of energy and effort to fight with someone. So people don't do that when they don't have something invested. It's when you just go, you know, I don't, I don't really care what you do. I don't care who you're with, what you do, where you go, just you live your life. I don't care. The opposite of love is indifference, not the quote of the week. Funny enough. So Having said that, let's move on with some hopefully lighter things. I ordered a lot of stuff I'll tell you about shortly, but I went to breakfast with my buddy Richard and we discussed a podcast that he would like to do. I think I've mentioned this before, but we talked about doing a podcast of our attempted weight loss. He's, uh, he's doing his own things to, to lose weight, has lost a lot in the past. And I've encouraged him to like, okay, if we want to do this podcast, I don't know if I've already said this, if I have, I'm a broken record, but it'll fill time as 
I said, I'm, I'm happy to do a podcast about our attempts at losing weight, but at a certain point that will expire. Like, like we'll either have lost the weight or we'll have fucked around so much that we've lost people's interest in terms of like ballooning. Cause he's like, well, it could last, you know, if we're going to, we're going to gain weight at some points and lose it. I'm like, I'm not going to start a, a weight loss podcast with the, the, the attempt or the expectation that I'm going to fail. Like I'm going to, I'm going to try like the podcast is going to help me be accountable. So I'm not interested in trying something just for the sake of failing to keep content available. I'm not one of those YouTube guys that'll drink poison just to get the views. Like it's, that's insane. So I said, I'd like to know your thoughts on how to make this thing sustainable. So like if we, if we, you know, I'm already down 20 something pounds since we started talking about this. So I'm like, we need to, you know, we need to figure out what you want the format to be. So when we, when we chatted, you know, he was saying, well, once we get there, we can have like fitness experts on and things like that. And I was very transparent saying, I don't want to be a fitness podcast. I'm happy to talk about struggles. I'm talking, happy to talk about the psychology of like why, you know, one might struggle and things like that and, and talking about the wins and successes, but I'm not interested in, in talking about like making meal plans, you know, if they come up organically, sure. But I'm not interested in having a podcast where we talk to fitness experts and stuff. I, I was very candid when I said to Rich, like I would much prefer you know, tell my story about, you know, how I became a fat fuck, like the psychology behind why I eat. Cause a lot of places like funny enough sidestep, which is also another thing I do anecdotally. When I was in the fat fuck make a wish program a couple years ago, which they call, I don't even remember what they call the medical program at the auto bariatric clinic. It's essentially like the same program you'd go into if you're going to get gastric bypass, but you have the choice of either like doing their program you know, towards gastric bypass, or you do the program in hopes of just losing weight naturally with, with, you know, the, the same shakes. So I did that. I don't want to, I don't want to just get gastric bypass. I've talked to people who it didn't, it worked for, but they're, they're like, I have to eat every hour because my stomach's so small. I can only take enough food, so much food, but then I need more to, you know, nourish myself. And they're like, milk gives me the worst, like, like just these, just, just these things where it's like, yeah, I did one good thing, but another bad thing. So I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go like physically bankrupt and just be like, fucking cut out my, you know, my stomach or whatever. I'm like, let's, let's do it the real way. But when I did that program, part of the program was they make you sit there for like, you know, they make you sit there every week and talk about, as you say, your feelings. It's not true. Like they, they, they essentially educate you as if you were a moron and didn't know how food and calories and exercise work. Now, granted, there's probably some people out there, but to me, the biggest reason people gain weight is for a psychological reason. I'm sure I've said it before, but it's like your brain releases chemicals, dopamine when you eat. It's a reward chemical. When you eat, you get a, a literal feeling of goodness that, that comes out of your brain. And then you you know, and then it wears off when you're done eating and you go back to being like, oh shit, not only am I still like sad or whatever, but I'm now upset with myself for what I just did. And the thing is in this, in these groups, they would talk about, you know, Hey, listen, energy, if you go for a walk for 30 minutes a day, it's, you know, going to fight depression and things like that. But they had like nutritionists and like kinesiologists and, and things like that. And so, I think a social worker, but they didn't have any psychology or psychiatric elements to it. And because it's like subsidized by the government, like health Canada thing, there's only so much money that they can throw at it. Right. And I asked them this one time because I remember they were, you know, they were sitting in a group and, and it's not like you have to sit and talk. It's not like an, an AA thing. It's the idea is you're sitting there and you're listening to the professional tell you shit. 
And a lot of times I just sit there and fucking roll my eyes at the stuff that they were telling you, you know, hey, like instead of an entire pint of Ben and Jerry's, maybe try some broccoli. And some of them be like, oh, because I didn't fucking know. And I'm like, oh, God, like that's that's no one's ever said that. But they'll sit and they'll talk and they'll go like, you know, when I was young, I used to get picked on a lot. And, you know, I'd come home from school and I'd have, you know, I'd have like ice cream because like food didn't judge me. And I'm like, "Mm hmm, love slurping me my coffee. Another staple of the show. I'm sitting there crazy because you can't say anything. Like I'm a stand-up comic. If you say something stupid, my brain's going to have a response to it. And I'm sitting there going like, you didn't fuck. You know what else doesn't judge you? Doing the dishes, doing your laundry, going for a walk. Those things don't judge you either, but you don't do them. You know why? Because you don't get a fucking reward chemical from doing it. You actually would get something from like going for a walk after a while. So that effectively when you exercise for a point, you get the runner's high or whatever. And the idea is it's just like, you know, your, your body will give you reward chemicals, but it doesn't do that for doing the dishes or, or doing your laundry. So like I'd sit and listen to these people and the, the people hosting the meeting couldn't really say like, well, there's a lot of psychology involved because it's not there. That's not their field and they don't have budgeting for a psychologist. So I kept saying to them, like these people, like I go, you know, what would really help a lot of them is if they understood that every time that they're bored or lonely or upset, the reason they're eating is because they're literally just hacking their brain chemical that makes them feel better. They don't realize, oh, I'm hacking the brain chemical. They just go, oh, food makes me feel happy. Right. So it's like, it's like the same as people who have spending problems, you know, or, or what have you. It's like you're, you're, when you spend, you get a little dopamine hit, you get excited, but then you have that thing. You're like, eh, not excited by it anymore. It's not new. Got to go buy something else. Like there's all sorts of things people do to make themselves feel happy when they're down. But sorry, I'm just noticing someone I sent a message to is online. Hopefully they saw my message. Did they? Did they? Nope. Hasn't seen it yet. Don't have to feel bad. Do you guys deal with that? Hey, I sent them a message and they're online. Are they ignoring me? Check the scene to see if they're just deliberately not answering me. My, my point is that there's a lot of psychology with eating. And sometimes if people knew like, Hey, the reason you eat is because you're like lonely or you don't want to do a task. I, I talked about it when I got home from the club, I'd be like, you know, well, the day's over. There's not really any work I could do. I should go to bed, but I'm hungry. I am hungry. I was legitimately hungry, but I'm like, eh, should we just eat something, go to bed? I'm like, that's the worst time to do it. And I don't, certainly don't need it. Won't die. If I wake up with hunger pangs, never got hunger pangs, but anyways, blah, 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 blah. I told Rich, I would rather do a podcast where if we lose the weight, I would rather invite other people to come on and share their stories. Like, what have you tried? You know, why, what, how did you become, you know, overweight? What, did, what happened to you around the time? Like, it's so funny too, because people will talk about how they like they gained weight when like, oh, well, you know, my father-in-law died. And then like, you know, we started having issues at home with like this and that, and I lost my job and it's, you know, so it just got, it was just easier to like make easy food or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that, or you were unhappy, you were stressed and it was faster to hack the brain chemical, you know, eating something quick, fast food, feeling good. And, and you know, it, it's not, it's not surprising that, that when shit goes bad in people's lives, that's when they gain weight. It's not just that you were busy. It's that you were unhappy. You were sad. You were stressed and, and eating made you feel better when you couldn't stop doing what you're doing. But if you fucking drove to the hospital with a little snack bag with you, or just went to a vending machine, cause that's all they had, you know, it's not, it's not fucking rocket science to, to, to know that, you know, Hey, this, these are, these are the reasons that we gain weight or whatever. I'm already talking like I'm a fucking nutritionist. Like this thing is, uh, my point is just that there's a lot of psychology behind gaining weight. And I would much rather talk about who the person is, what happened to them, 
yada, 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 trying to figure out like, look, if I can help you love yourself or see that like other people value you, you know, that would be, that would go further to me than to be like, so what you want to do is you want to take like a piece of meat, like the size of your palm. And then you want to have like vegetables, like a cup of vegetable, that shit. There's a billion of those out there. Dime a dozen those podcasts. So I would ask you guys very quickly, if I were to be the co-host of a weight loss podcast of like a personal, a personal journey, weight loss podcast, a, would you guys be interested in listening? If I talked about like what I did nutritionally and everything that week, I mean, you guys did a lot for me, one man podcast wise, but also like, let's say this thing picked up fire. Cause you're also going to have me with a co-host whom I make fun of all the time when we hang out, who's a good sport, but I can't believe he still hasn't figured out the formula of like, if you say something like that, I'm going to come at you. So he would literally be the polar opposite of me, like Johnny straight man, never wants to say anything offensive or anything like that. Like good dude. I'm not, I'm not making fun of him, but I will make fun of him on the podcast. So he's doing his thing. I'd be doing mine. We compare notes and talk about our weeks, essentially just adding commentary on what, you know, basically adding commentary on what we're doing. But my thoughts were, if I do lose the weight, I would much rather host a show where I invite other people to like essentially like invite them onto the show and not just be like, Hey, come on once. And we'll talk to you like one time. It would be more along the lines of like, Hey, let's have you on for like a few weeks, you know, and see if we can help, you know, figure you out, talk to stuff. I would rather have a podcast where, you know, we encourage other people to be transparent and vulnerable about what they're doing, how they got to where they are, what, what's going on with them, you know, when they recognize that they're really starting to eat stuff and trying to like, I guess like help work out the psychology part of it versus the whole like, Hey, do you know that salads are better than like burgers? I assure you guys, most fatties know that, that salads are better for them than burgers. It's not that they don't know. It's that it just doesn't, doesn't hack that dopamine the same way a fucking nice baked fat, greasy double bacon cheeseburger with extra large fries and a diet Coke. <laughs> Like that makes a difference. It's so funny too, because it's like, are you, do you think you're saving calories by going diet Coke? Like, no, I'm diabetic. Well, you know that the carbs are fuck or the fries are fucking carbs too, right? Like that's, that's going to set off your sense. Sometimes people are stupid. I will say that sometimes they're dumb, but for fuck's sakes, anyways, try your best. So I also, uh, after breakfast, I'm trying to think of what the name, the original name, rich pitched, rich pitched is just a couple of losers, but I was like, ah, that, that feels like the biggest loser, whatever. I don't know what you guys think of that title. I was like, could be fat fucks helping fat fucks. No, I'm just joking, but it would be funny if that was the premise. I keep calling what I did the fat fuck make a wish. All right, join this program. You're going to lose weight, you know? And the prize at the end is you get to see your, your feet again. If a chick has like a really saggy labia, like would she look down and see her clit and be like, it's like the equivalent of some dude looking down and seeing his dick. Cause I was going to say, you know, someday you'll, you'll see your dick again, but I'm like, but that's really exclusive to women. But I, I don't know. Does a super huge fat chick have like, does she get extra skin down there? Not on the labia, of course, but maybe, maybe, yeah. I don't know. One about the, oh, you're such a fucking gross monkey, Josh. Whatever. Originally I went to the Nespresso store at Bayshore afterwards. Always a good time. Got me way too much coffee, but happy to have it because I drink it. And then we went to Costco, one of my favorite places in the world. You guys, if you've been with me a long time, you know, I love me and my Costco. I went to Costco again, just taking a look and see what they have on sale. If there's anything that's kind of keto, anything kind of helpful, no big special haul this time gang really can't say it was a special haul, but I did get something later in the week, which I didn't even write down here. I didn't even write down. Did I write it down? 
No, I didn't. I'm just going to write a little, write a little note here because I know I didn't do it yesterday. I'm actually, I know I'm a day or two behind getting the podcast out and I do apologize for that, but I want to, I want to reference this little thing too. I got some, some neato little sauces on a subsequent trip to Bayshore. So yeah, I, I think, I think this podcast, Rich is, is really excited to do it. I'm, I'm interested in doing it, but I would like to know what would be sustainable. So, so here's the thing onesies. I'm going to just ask you if I were to do a, a weight loss podcast where I'm chronicling like what I did right and what my failures were and when I failed, why did I fail and what was going on with me and all that bullshit, you know, and Rich would tell his side every week. If we got to a point where we just hit a certain weight, you know, and was sustainable, what would, what kind of, of content in that realm would, would keep you tuning in? Would you want it to just be yet another fitness podcast where we're sitting and talking to experts about this, that, and the other, or would you prefer here, you know, be other people's journey and other people's attempts at it and kind of the highs and lows and successes and failures that they may run into along the thing. Cause I'd love to be there for somebody who's like, I listened to you and I would love, you know, for you to give me your armchair psychologist opinion. But more or less just kind of trying to help somebody. Sometimes people just need help cutting through the bullshit. And I really do find that nowadays the there isn't a lot of that. I think people are 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 more inclined to try to like value your feelings, which are important. But I feel like they're more like, oh, you're a special dove and you're magical and no, you're totally right. Like you just it's been hard and everything's tough and it's totally understandable. It, would, it is all those things. But you also have to tell somebody, like, look, every time you're you're upset, you're not valuing yourself. You're not doing anything to show yourself love. You're just you're just eating, you know, and and putting yourself in an early grave. So what do we gotta do to make you love you? And when you're, when you're about to, to hit that food crack pipe, what do you, what do you do to recognize that you're about to do that? You know, what's something that you can do in that moment to better your life versus adding, you know, an extra inch to your waistline. I just feel like that, that level of like direct, you know, coaching or, or not recognition, but just somebody being able to, to, from the outside in and go, look, you're, you're telling me, oh, it's like things are, of course they're hard. But, but it's going to be hard if you pick up fucking three ice cream sandwiches and stuff them down your, your gullet. You know what I mean? I don't know. Tell me what you like. Contact at onemanpodcast.com is the email. I would love to hear if I were to do that kind of podcast, how would you like to hear it go? What direction should it take once the weight gets lost and is sustainable? All right. Big talk for a fat man. All right. I did go to the Bayshore this week. It's actually part of my part of the, the chronicle of shoe bullshit that I, I went through, but I just want to say that I went to the Chili's Chili store at uh, Bayshore, spoke with the owner and his daughter. Very, very nice people. Jesus, got the hiccups. And I picked up three hot sauces that were keto, checked on them, but I picked up stuff that had like some flavor and some character to it. I think I got like a pineapple mango kind of hot sauce because I was saying how like, you know, I'll make, I'll do what I was doing in Toronto. I'll make some chicken salad and I'll throw a little hot sauce in it to give it, you know, more unique flavor. And I found this, this carbonat bread at Costco, which is like, you know, very good carb bread where I can still it actually just tastes like bread, which is amazing. But I can have one of those little chicken salad in there, make myself a nice sandwich, but to give it some flavor, cause mayo, chicken, celery on its own is bland. Bread is bland to be able to throw like something, you know, mango pineapple in there to, to give it some heat and some, some flavor. Or I think I got another one that was like, I can't remember the names, can't remember the names, but I'll share them once I actually use them and let you guys know what I think. But I popped in there, said, what's up, grabbed some, some hot sauces and I'm excited to try them. Canadian, 
Canadian brand, brand, Canadian made hot sauces, some supporting, supporting Canadian hot sauce makers. But check out their store, Chili's Chili's in Bayshore. It's like they, you can get all the hot sauces from Hot Ones. So if you like Hot Ones and you're like, where do we get those? That's that's where you get them in Ottawa, as far as I know. I think they have a second store way out in, in Tangers or whatever up by Canada. But in the in the Ottawa area at Bayshore Mall, Chili's Chili's has all of the Hot Ones stuff, whether it's on the current season or not. You can get all their stuff. There's like three different levels of the bomb. And the one that ruins everybody's day on the show is the weakest or mildest. So if you want to blow your balls off or ruin somebody's day, go on in there and you can get the ones from Hot Ones, do whatever you like with it, but a little shout out to them. This week, I tried to clean my white shoes and I have done this before. So for the last God knows how many months, I didn't use any of my white shoes. I was on the Sheeran tour and that was mostly boots. So normally I will wear like white shoes with jeans or white shoes with shorts and stuff like that. In the summertime, it's a nice, fresh, clean look. And I like to take pride in how I look. So I, I will wear them, especially when I go to Vegas, I'll have to wear a nice white shoe with, with blue jeans. I have these really nice pants that are like, they look like jeans, but they're like almost dress pant material where they're like really, like really breathable. And they just look nice with whatever I wear. Anyways. So in April, when I went to Vegas, I took my my shoes with me. I have a pair of slide on whites that have no laces and I have a pair of lace up whites, took them with me. And the day that we went ATVing, which I haven't even recorded this episode where I was in Vegas. So I'll try not to allude to it much, but all I thought was I'm going to be on an ATV. I'm not going to get my shoes dirty. <laughs> I'm in the desert. So I'm thinking like, if I get dust on them, I'll bang them together and that'll knock all the dust off or whatever. So wrong. These things were like Brown when I got back from all the dirt on the trip. So uh, essentially I'm like, okay, I got to give these things a good cleaning, but that was in April. You know, we started getting ready to move in May. We moved in and had a million things. It was gone for the summer. And just this job of going out to the backyard and sitting for an afternoon, not even an afternoon, but sitting for a while to scrub my shoes and whatnot. The whites got really dusty and dirty too. And I don't know how, but they did as well. So I'm like, okay, my two pairs of white shoes are dirty. I have some other ones, a, a set of like suede gray ones and suede black ones that are, you know, white, white around the base. So I'm like, those need to be cleaned up and, and, and whatnot. So I'm like, I'm gonna have like an afternoon of shoe cleaning. Just put it off forever. So now I'm starting to get more and more events and do more and more things where I'm like, okay, I, I bought some new shoes in January before I left for Toronto. And I'm like, I'd like to, you know, I'm wearing these ones, but I'm like, I'd, I'd still like to put on a pair of nice, clean, plain white shoes, hot cake. So I'm like, I'm going to put on some clean white shoes and so I'm going to need to scrub these ones down. So I had a product that, that I paid for and it's not cheap, but it's not insanely expensive either. You get a lot of cleaning out of it. And I've used it to clean the whites before. If I got like a little stain on them or something, I actually fell and bled on, on a pair of the pair of the gray ones and I had these big brown blood drop stains. And I'm like, well, these toes are shows or these shows are toast. I used this product on it and it cleaned them right up. Like they're still like super faint dot, but you'd have to like lean into them and be looking for it to see it. So from your feet, your feet just look clean and, and fresh again. So I was like, this stuff's great. I'm going to keep using it, whatever. But I was on the Sheeran tour and one of my colleagues was like, Hey, you know, it's a great thing for getting out, like to clean white shoes, just plain white powdered tide. I was like, really? They're like, yeah, plain white powdered tide is going to do the trick. And that it's not as expensive as anything else. You just add the powder to the water, you know, mix it all up together and scrub the, the shit out of them. So last week I, I, you know, Crystal left for the day and I was like, Hey, just let me know when you're coming home. Cause I'm going to go out in the garage and I'm going to set up a table. It's too cold outside now to, to scrub them. And it makes gives you a nice workspace. I'm like, I'm gonna open up a folding table and I'm just going to scrub them down in the garage, let all that water run off down there and easy peasy. So that's what I did. I, I put the appropriate amount. I watched YouTube videos too, to see if anyone else said, you know, 
powdered Tide, and everyone's like, yeah, you laundry detergent or whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm using the powdered stuff. Went out and got the powdered stuff, hard enough to find because they don't sell it everywhere anymore. Mixed it appropriately, scrubbed, made lots of, you know, foamed up and stuff like that. And it did not work. It got, it got the dirt. It took it and it made, basically made the, the shoes wet. I also bought like shoe, shoe trees or whatever the hell you call them to, to stick the things in the, the shoes so that they don't lose their shape while you're scrubbing them. And I'm like, so I did that. I'm, I'm scrubbing the shit out of these fucking things. And I'm seeing like, like they're starting to kind of look clean, but they're also kind of looking like beige or whatever it is. And I'm like, ah, maybe it's just the dirt. Maybe they'll dry, whatever. Like when you wet a white, a white shoe, they just look darker. So I'm like, I guess I'll have to wait to see when they dry. So I did the same thing with the slide on whites to clean them up. I did the grays and the blacks. Now the, the, the powdered tide did not work for cleaning the shit off the outside of the, the shoe. I guess you had the bottom of the shoe, the rubber part, like bottom and sides, but the, the canvas, it was like, okay, I'll wait and see when it dries. So when it dried the next day, I looked at them and they had these big wavy brown lines on the bottom. Like the, the, the dirt had, had, had like flushed, but then settled near the bottom of the canvas. So I'm like, okay, well, these need to be either done again or something different. So, and of course the, the sides of them were still had dirt and shit on them. Like I'm, I was thinking like, wow, like scrubbing with tide didn't even get dirt, like the dirt, like desert dirt, not like insane stains and, and marker, but like just dirt from the ground off of rubber. Couldn't, couldn't somehow do that. So it seemed like a big bust, but I'd also noticed that inside vans, there's like these like red elastics that help kind of make the shoe a little more flexible. Some of the dye from these red elastics internally had bled to the outside. So I had these little pink areas on the outside of the shoe. So the whole reason this was suggested to me was it was an attempt to save money on the shoe cleaner that I already knew worked. I'd, I'd used that many times before, never made the insides bleed. And I was like, great. So I'm like, all right, well, the shoes aren't, aren't great. I'm going to try another, another approach. So I actually sprayed uh, resolve, I think is the brand name like resolve on the shoes in the stain areas, Just gave them like a nice rub, like rub the resolve right in. And then I did the, in a pillowcase and in the wash, did that, got them out better, not perfect. And same with the, the slides. I didn't bother washing the other two because that didn't really, the, the washer didn't do the job for the, the rubber parts on the bottom. It just seemed to help get some of the stuff out of the, the white part. So I was like, okay, these shoes are, are maybe not ruined because they say don't put them in the wash. It's not good for vans to go in the wash, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. I feel like they're already ruined if I don't try. So may as well give them a try. If you're trying to wear white shoes, you can't wear shit with stains on them because then you just look like nobody gives a fuck about you. So I figure, all right, I'm going to put it in the wash. The wash did better, but you know, I, I just kept watching YouTube videos. I'm like, what is going to be somebody like, oh, toothpaste, uh, vinegar and, and whatever. But but they were using these examples for shoes that had white and, you know, sometimes color. And some people were just like bleach. If you're going to do it, like if you're doing white shoes, bleach is going to get whatever out. So bought some bleach and I'm going to probably do that when I, re- when I finish recording the podcast, I'm going to try the bleach aspect on them. But in the meantime, I was like, I need a nice pair of whites at like both slides and laces. And I'm going to go back to vans and buy new ones, which I did. So I will have, if this works, I will have a second pair of, of both white lace-ups and white, white slides or slide-ons, whatever the fuck they call them. 
And I also was online looking at different companies. So I looked at the company I used initially and I was just going to buy more of their stuff because I'm kind of running low. But I also found another company called Reshuvenator. Watch some videos in theirs. Like it, it, the funny thing is when you look online, there's just so many videos where like one guy's like, look, this one worked better. Look, that one worked better. And then, you know, you're watching another person's like, this one worked better for that one. This one, and you're like, none of these, like it's, I'm, I'm literally like even typing in the type of shoes that I'm trying to clean with these products. And it's like, one will be like, look, it worked better. One will look, oh, this one worked better. So it's just tough. But essentially I will never wear white shoes to the desert. And I mean, desert as in out in the desert, kicking up dust storms. And I was also at the tail end of the, the group. So I, I did that deliberately to make sure that like we left no one behind. I was the last one, as long as I could see that the two most important people to me in my life, my mother and my girlfriend in front of me, I'm like, I'm good. I can protect them if they're in sight. I don't want anyone getting left behind. So I, I was riding through everyone's dust. So I stood to gain the most dust on my shoes, but I'll never do that again. I bought new ones at Vans. Big shout out to the manager at the Vans Rito, who was, was really good to me, made an exception on some shoes I bought uh, just before Christmas, allowing me to exchange them. So that was really, really key that I didn't waste more money. I bought a shirt, better shoes. And then after looking at them afterwards, I was like, I'm, I'm never going to use these. So uh, he allowed me to exchange them. Fucking rock star, super grateful, very, very happy. And one of the types of shoes I was looking for was not available at that store. So he called the Bayshore location was like, Hey, are you cool to go to Bayshore? They set them aside for me. Uh, and that's when I right across the hall from the chili store. So I big shout out to them. The, the Vans people at both Rito and Bayshore were so kind, so cool. And you know, Hey, one might say they're just doing their job, but you know what? Just getting someone to do their job can actually be quite the fucking endeavor these days. So big hats off for them for doing their job, doing it, you know, with excellence and, you know, and, and taking care of me. I'll let you guys know at some point when the shoes get dirty, if this rejuvenator thing works, I also ordered just anecdotally, I ordered more of those KNKT belts. I was telling you guys about the link will be like the promo code and the link will be in the show notes. So I now own five of their belts and buckles and I'm very, very happy with them. Like no word of a lie. I think these things look super gross, like super gross, super great. They're, they're, they're wicked cool with their color. I think, I think the, uh, sorry, trying to work on the document here. I can't do two things. I, I know that of myself already and I don't know why I keep trying, but I can't do two things at the same time. The, sorry, sorry. Okay. Come on back to it. Josh K, K and KT belts, check them out. If you want 25% of your off, off your order, use the, the promo code in the description. It'll save you 25 25%, which is great. Cause I bought like 300 and some dollars for the belts and saved a, a decent amount of money off of that order. And I just received them yesterday. So they're wicked fucking cool. Also, I ordered those papaya sheets. I don't know if you've seen them uh, advertised on Instagram. I talk to other friends and sometimes I'm chatting with someone. And they'll be like, you know, I, I bought those blah, blah, blahs. You know, those things are all like, I'm sure you get the advertisements all the time. And I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. But it's funny because like something we see all the time, we just assume everyone else is seeing all the time. So I don't know if you guys have seen them, but these are these sheets called papaya. And what they are is it's kind of like maybe an eight by eight square or 10 by 10 square. And it's a sheet that you would use instead of a paper towel. So the idea is like, you know, you can wet it, wipe up the counters, everything like that, rinse it, wring it out and hang it up on these hooks they give you. And they dry super quick. And apparently this one sheet will replace 17 rolls of paper towel. So you can just hang it in the kitchen, you know, wipe up whatever it is. I have one hanging in the bathroom too. So just need to wipe the counter or wipe the toilet or whatever it is, wring it out, rinse it out. And then you can either throw them like once they get, you know, like wring it out, rinse it, wring it out, 
hang it back up and it dries very, very quickly. Or, you know, if you like, you want to wash it a little more intense, you can either put it in the dishwasher or the laundry, but it's, it's very, very, very quick drying. It's got like some, like, you know, it's, it's like a little bit more abrasive than a quilted paper towel, but the idea is that it's just, it's just a little more sustainable, a little less wasteful. And so I decided to buy these because I do go through a lot of paper towel. Like I'll, I'll wipe shit up off the counter in the kitchen all the time and just grab it, grab a paper towel, wipe it up garbage, this paper towel garbage. So to be able to, to wipe something up, wring it out, you know, and then, and then hang it back up, have it dry. Like it doesn't have time to get stinky or anything like that. These motherfuckers aren't even giving me a promo code or, or affiliated. So I'm just saying I bought them. I've only used the one in the bathroom a couple times just to wipe up the counter. I'm, I don't know why, but I seem to, when I wash my hands, like when I shake my hands off, it always ends up on the mirror and the counter. Like some people somehow are able to just, I guess it's because I don't wipe my hands too much on the towels. I do, but anyways, I, I, uh, use my, my, my mirror cleaner and then the, the papaya to wipe down the mirror and everything like that. And then rinsed off, hung it up. It was dry. Like I went to use the bathroom again, like an hour later. And the thing was like a like stiff, like a cardboard again, it was dry already. So it doesn't have time to get stinky or anything like that because it dries too fast. And then of course, if you're like, this thing's a little dirty, you could use a proper wash, throw it in the wash. But 17, 17 rolls of paper towel, this thing is, is set to replace. And I think when you buy them at Costco, you're getting 12. So it's almost like a pack and a half, which would save you some 30, some odd dollars for a single sheet. So, and I would assume that if you're not super rough on them or whatever, that you'd be able to make it last longer. Now I will find out in time if this 17 rolls is like a laptop saying it can run for 24 hours on a single charge. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, sure. When you're not using it. So we'll see, we'll see if this is 17, unless I like, you know, clean shit with it. And then it's like, oh, well, it's you're, you're using it real tough. Like it's whatever. It might be the kind of thing that you use for some things and you use paper towel for others, but for all the times that you would have just wasted a little paper towel, this might do the trick. So you'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. But those are like my purchases for the week. I bought the rejuvenator set. I bought the papaya things and I bought more of the belts. Very, very happy that I bought some hot sauces while I was out and yeah, so what else can I tell you guys about this week? I popped into a good life because a long time ago I had a partnership program with good life where they provided me with a membership. So I popped in and says, Hey, is that still a thing that you guys do? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. Except we don't have like a little box with leads anymore. It's actually a QR code that just brings them right to the website and they can get, you know, a free trial from there. And I was like, that's amazing. So I have submitted my application and uh, if it goes through, I'll have a QR code in the show notes uh, for you guys to be able to just click on. If you want to just get a free one week membership at a good life anywhere in the country, just to give it a try. Hey, please click that, that code in my, in my thing. It's not gonna be there this week. You know, unless for some reason it comes to me in the next 25 minutes before this podcast is over, but just overall, it's, I think it'd be a cool thing. I'm going to be starting to to do it again. I actually have the desire to go to the gym, not like, oh, I'd better go to the gym, but I actually want to go to the gym. So I think that would be, I think that would be a good thing for me. And, and yeah, it would be great to keep getting a free membership just by having people click on that and give it a try here and there. Yay. But I'll let you guys know how that goes you know, more, more comes. Hopefully I'll share some photos with you too, from the gym while I'm out there doing the stuff. I did have a games night with my pal Mika and his lovely wife, Mel went out to their place. We played, uh, played a game called Arboretum, which is a fun little card game or whatever, but uh, Mika booked his flight and everything like that for the trip to Chicago. So very excited for that. Again, at the end of the month, I'll be in Chicago with my friends, checking out Paul Verzi special taping and, and hanging out. Looking forward to that. I also just had a night where I was playing 
playing video games with my buddies, Ryan and Chad. So just shooting the shit, doing a whole lot of like, I'm really trying to spend more time just being a little bit more social in the evenings, even if I don't leave, just so I don't get like, it, it helps stave off the loneliness. So if you're somebody who's like, oh, I'm stuck at home and I'm always lonely, eh, see if you can find a, see if you can find someone to shoot the shit with, you know, jump on a, jump on a PlayStation or a chat group or something and just be like, Hey, shoot the shit. You'll feel a little less alone. Scratch that loneliness itch. I've had a bit of a week. I did this thing for, for my, one of my bosses with the HelloFresh. They needed this like iPad thing done. I'm not even going to get into it that much. It ended up being such a nightmare. It was like basically, hey, can you go to our storage lockers and let us know which of our iPads have like SIM cards in them and which ones don't? I was like, okay. And they're like, yeah, just, just turn them on just to test them if they work. Oh, and by the way, if they're, if they're on low battery, can you, just, can you just put them on and charge them? You know, it should only take you like an hour. We'll pay you, we pay you a flat rate of four hours, but it should only take an hour. Well, the storage lockers across the city from where I live. I get there open up the locker. There's seven tablets, one charge. Like, so, so five iPads and two Androids, they have one charger for each. One of the chargers is broken, which you don't even know at the time. So I go down to the boardroom and at, at the diamond and I'm trying to, I'm plugging them into charge. None of them get enough of a charge to even turn on. And I'm like, Hey guys, I've, I'm already two hours into this and I don't even have a single one on yet. And I haven't even finished charging the first iPad. I've only got one cord. I'm going to need to bring this home. They're like, yeah, no problem. Anyways, I ended up coming home, cleaning them, plug, like making this gigantic charging station with five iPads charging. And even, you know, that was like the end of the day. I ended up doing some other, other things that day, which I, to be honest with you, couldn't even tell you which, which event I was doing that day. But I, I, I get them all charged. And the next day I, I put new stickers on them because they had all these different labels on them and stuff like that. That made no sense. Hello, fresh Ottawa G GXT one nine. I'm like, okay, they all have different things. I have these different colored circular stickers. So I literally put each one with a sticker. I'm like, this is the blue one. This is the green one. This is the yellow one. This is the red one, you know, and you know, gold iPad, you know, SIM card working, whatever. So they're like, oh, thanks for doing that. And I'm like, I put them all back. I'm like, okay, I'm going to end up at the storage locker soon. I'll drop them off, take a picture. And as I'm getting ready to leave, they're like, could you do us one more favor? Could you get like the serial numbers for all of them to let us know which one's which? And it was like, you fucking assholes. So unpack everything. Some of them like won't tell you the serial number on the outside. You have to turn them on. You have to like enter these special codes. It was, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. So like something that should have been like drive to this event, this, this, you know, the hardest part of the job should have been the 30 minute drive each way, but do the thing real quick. Get us the thing, easy hundred bucks in your pocket. Instead it was, you know, drive to the storage locker twice. Cause I had to take them home to charge them. So there was enough chargers, yada, yada, yada. So if I ever asked to do something that simple again, I'd be like, tell me all of the duties first. Are there enough chargers there? Are there enough? Do they work this, that, and the other? And, and we'll go from there. But yeah, that one was a, that was a pain in the ass work thing this week. I tried to book a bunch of other gigs and it was so like back and forth. Like there was all these postings. And then when I reached out about them, they're like, oh, those jobs are already filled. They got posted by mistake. I'm like, okay, no big deal. And then one of my gigs that I've already got booked for April switched to March and it happens to the fall in the one week that I'm already booked. So the calendar, the work calendar is a little uh, up and down right now, gang. I'm not going to, not going to lie. It's, it's a little stressful <laughs> knowing like, Hey, even though I've got work on the calendar, knowing that like a week can change and, and then just not be available. So doing what I can, I got some stuff coming up this week. I'll tell you about near the end of the episode, but, but just doing what I can to try to keep the, the calendar full. I watched two things. I'm going to tell you guys about the cannabis event I did right before we move into the other stuff, but I, I watched two things on Apple TV plus this week. And the first one was a movie called still, 
uh, S T I L L. It was the, like a Michael Fox, Michael Fox, Michael J Fox documentary kind of about just, you know, who he was growing up da, 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 and then how he is now, you know, dealing with, with Parkinson's and everything like that. It was a really good watch. I, I found myself very, very excited to watch it. I was fascinated the whole time. In fact, there was even something I was doing in the evening and I had to leave like I was like, oh, I'm not gonna have enough time to watch all of this, but I, I, I made it work so that I could do a bunch of the shit that I had to do while it was still on. It was good. I would say definitely watch it still. Michael J. Fox. It, it was a, it was a good sort of bio biopic documentary or whatever. Really, really enjoyed watching still. And then after that, because I was in the, you know, I think I got home and I was like, oh, I'll put something else on Apple TV plus one of those streaming services I'm paying for, but I'd never think to go to. Right. So I'm like, all right, let's check out, let's check out luck. It was like a DreamWorks or whatever the studio is. It's not, it's, I don't think it's illumination. I think it was DreamWorks, but it was called luck. And it's about a girl who's, you know, just feels like she has the worst luck, but then all of a sudden she finds a penny as good. It was, it was nothing special, but I'm, it, it was very similar to inside out and soul. I'm starting to get a little tired. You know, I'm getting mad at these children's movies. No, I'm starting to get a little frustrated by all these movies where it's like, oh, don't you know how feelings work? It's a giant compound factory business corporation in this magical land where we outsource feelings. And this is how it's like, they turn it a very, a very compound. What is it? Not compound, but not factory, just a very industrial look at like how something like emotional is like, oh, your feelings. Did you know that they actually come from like this big industrial sort of like, you know, building where this person works. Oh, it's that, that's in that department, whatever. And then that movie soul comes in. Oh, all the souls come from here and you can't leave your soul thing unless you have your soul pass and your blah, 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 soul, soul, souls, all the souls come from this big factory. All your souls are just doing their job, right? Well, now it's like luck. Oh, did you know that luck comes from this magical land and there's good luck and bad luck and the good luck people come out to share a little good luck in the world. And when, oh no, a human came back to earth. It's just all the same shit. It's like, what's some sort of random aspect thing that we can be like, it comes from a magical land and whatever. It wasn't a shit movie. It just was zero new. It wasn't new at all. So I'm, I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm okay with watching a movie where we don't go off to a magical land to learn that our, oh, this is, this is the land of diabetes. And in the diabetes, that's we, our admission against sugar you know what I mean? Oh, here's another, oh, we got another fat fuck eating six brownies at lunch at school. How, how do we stop them? Someone send in the bully. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be hysterical if bullies, bullies were magical creatures sent in to make you feel bad when you eat too much sugar because telling you, Hey, that's not good for you. doesn't fucking work. Right. So when they make fun of them and they, you know, they take their, take their fucking brownie and they smoosh it on their head. I don't, they don't realize that they've actually done that, that kid a service. Every time they eat a brownie, a bully smushes in my head. I'm going to stop eating brownies, you know, and that brownie just goes away being the, you know, he's not the, he's not the bully that we want, but he's the bully that we deserve or whatever, or that we're the bully that, that, that the kid needs, <laughs> not the one they deserve or some shit. But that would be, that would be hysterical to me as a matter of fact. So yeah, I watched, I watched that. If you have kids, I'm sure they'll enjoy luck. If you're an adult who can see you know, a formulaic thing happening over and over again, pass. I, there wasn't anything really funny or super innovative, uh, with it. So I would just say pass was kind of dumb. In fact, I would say that, that both the other ones, I think inside out and soul are both Pixar and this is like not Pixar. It's like, like I said, neither DreamWorks, I don't think it's illumination. So unless there's another company out there making all these animated, uh, computer generated animated ones, I'm fairly certain it was DreamWorks, but 
Having said that, I'll tell you about the bong and pong event that I went to. So big shout outs to Jesse and Sharif from Reef Agency for picking me to do this again. I always have a blast when I do these events. It's it's just a cool, super cool industry event for for bud tenders and, and people in the cannabis industry. So essentially, it's a lot of like the vendors showing up. And it's an opportunity for them to give out samples and stuff like that to bud tenders and people in the industry. So they, you know, know more about the products and are able to, you know, educate their clientele on said products. So super cool event. Jesse came out to the auto event last time it was Jesse and Sharif, but there were so many of them going on simultaneously that they couldn't spare that many people to, to just Ottawa. So got to work with Jesse, had a very, very good time. I want to shout out my buddies, Adam Crossman and Mike Valentine. Adam is as a rep for a company. I don't remember the umbrella company because I'm a shitty friend and a bad note taker business card somewhere here on the table. And I'm not going to make you wait for me to find it. And then come on, Josh, you can do it. You can do it. There's only 600 fucking business cards here. You can find the one and only one from Adam. No, I can't. I'm trying. I'm even mouthing off trying to buy myself time, but I am not seeing it. Come on, come on. I think it's still in my business card case. Anyways, Adam is a, is an old and dear friend of mine who worked at future shop with me. And then we ran into each other, you know, when we were both in telecom in one form or another, when he was a Samsung rep and, and I was working for bell. So it was super cool to see him. We shot the shit. And then my buddy, Mike Valentine, someone I went to high school with, he's working for a place, I believe it's called good, good nature. And he's working at the store. He's having a great time. It was good to see those guys at the event. One of the reps uh, named Josh at royalty was so good, took such good care of us, put a huge bag of goodies aside for us. I wanted to shout out Bongo from the Preston event center who without, without telling you guys anything, they made a huge concession that day that just made the event like amazing, absolutely amazing. So big shout out to them. Great dudes. Shout out my buddy, Chris, who I've been working with at Rito mornings, who as who's working that event as well. Someone like, Oh, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Like too, when we were done, I was like, I'll see you tomorrow morning at Rito. He was, he was great. And and then uh, Liam from one of the one of the other uh, cannabis reps from another company was super helpful with us, like setting everything up and and stuff like that. So it was super like he was really helpful, like building tables, building stuff with us, carrying in equipment, setting things up, like shit he didn't have to do, but was just happy to help because Jesse, my 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 boss, was recovering from shoulder surgery. So it's not somebody who's like I can't pick stuff up. It was literally like I'm in a rough way, and and people were people like him so much they were willing to help. So that was awesome. Big shout outs to them. I got an email from one of the other the other vendors too, which I'll read shortly. It's written an email from Blaze, so shout out to Blaze and his company. But I wanted to. I never even mentioned it this week. I'll probably, I'll save it for next week's. I'll save it for next week's. I'm just going to put like ad Rito mornings because it'll, we're already getting kind of along the way and I still have stuff to talk about. So ad Rito mornings and, and I'll just tell you guys about what that, that those last two days were like the Tuesday and Wednesday in the following week, just know that it's done now. So when I talk about them, it's, it's from previous. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. So it was a great event. I came home with so much pot stuff. I spent most of like Wednesday. The reason I didn't get to the, the, to the podcast yesterday is because my desk was just covered in piles of like weed stuff, flour, joints, waxes, shatters, edibles, drinks. Like I literally had to, to organize it just so I knew what was what and then get it off the desk. And I also had a Rito morning thing, whatever. So I apologize. This is a little bit late. The next one will be on time. I also would love to share with you guys that when I got off the scale yesterday was the Wednesday, that would have been the most accurate day. When I got off the scale yesterday, I was 257 pounds. That's right. So from January 
1st, I have lost about 24 pounds. So I was 281 on January 1st, 282 or 280 on the second. So since, since I left for Toronto, I've lost, you know, 23 pounds and, and that's, that's just, just under a month. So very, very happy about that. Very, very happy about that. I will continue to update you guys on that stuff. And just, I'm just jazzed overall, just jazzed overall. Things are feeling good. I did a great job at the bong and pong event. Still doing good. Staying away from the sweets guys. There was a fucking can candy mountain at this I'm literally opening bag after bag of candies and pouring them to make like a candy mountain where people just come by and get a bunch of free candy in a bag just to enjoy stoners love goodies. So like, and to just not partake in that at all. I didn't even try a single piece. I'm like staying keto. I did fail because they were passing out hors d'oeuvres all night. I did fail in that I had like a little grilled cheese sandwich. Like I'm talking like a one and a half inch by one and a half inch square piece of grilled cheese sandwich, but it was good. I only had one opti fast that day and a coffee. And I'm like, I'll just stick to this. I'll just, I'll just starve the rest of the, the day, you know? But when they're passing food around you, like I managed to hold back from the candy, but I'm like, oh, they did like short, short rib sliders where I was like, oh, and I just open up the bun and eat the fucking burger out of it. I did what I could, but I'm sure, I'm sure there was sauces and stuff on that, that, you know, the bread wasn't keto, the you know, whatever doing what I can, but I'm still, I've still lost a couple pounds since that day. So we're still, uh, we're still working on it, but okay. Let me go to the emails here because we are already over. Well, we're just damn near over the matter. We will be over the hour mark by the end of this. So yeah, I'm, I'm jazzed. I'm very, very jazzed. Let's do blaze's email. So blaze sent an awesome email. Thank you for that. It reads, Hey Josh, it was amazing meeting you last night at the bong and pong event. I really hope you enjoy the tantalus and crooked dory samples. I'm sure whoever I give them to will for my personal recommendations to try. I would recommend the tantalus petrol can being at 29.2% THC with 5.3% terpenes. It is absolutely killer product with an amazing flavor profile. It normally comes in a seven gram format. Very cool. He goes, as a company, we would absolutely love to see Bill Burr wearing our tantalus toque that I gave you last night. My boss, Sean, is a huge fan of him and would also love to see him review our product and or wearing our toques. Feel free to connect me anytime. Thank you. And I have spoken with Blaze and we're going to talk about seeing what, what we can do in terms of collaboration and things like that. But I appreciate the email truly doing. He works for Mercari, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So there's other brands and stuff like that, but I would love to, I've got, I've got some samples of the stuff. So whoever kind of gets at me first that I see and is like, Hey, any chance I can try some of that? You bet. But my, my biggest thing is if somebody gives me something for free and I'm not going to use it, I'm going to do what I can to try to get it into the hands of somebody who could potentially buy their product one day. Not just someone who's like, Oh, I'll give it a try. It's like, no, you don't buy weed. You grow your own. So if I'm giving you free weed, you're not going to just all of a sudden start buying it. You know what I mean? If like, I, I respect I respect business owners in the sense that it costs them money to operate when they do an event, they're paying money in hopes that it'll convert to sales. So if they're just giving away free products to people who are just never going to buy anything, I think that that's, yeah, I'm not doing them any favors. They're doing me a favor by giving me something for free that I can give away and make somebody else happy with. But if there's no chance that that's ever going to lead to what we call a conversion, converting you from a, you know, a sample to a sale, I'm, I'm probably not going to do it. It doesn't make any sense for me to like, I mean, you might think, well, yeah, you're doing something nice for somebody. Sure. But I could do something nice for somebody and do something nice for the company if that helps them. So I only say that because as soon as I say, Hey, I'll be giving some stuff. Everyone's going to start messaging me. Hey man, can I get some of that free weed? I'm like, well, you know, if, if, if you're somebody who buys a lot of weed and I know you go to the stores all the time, then sure try it. And if you like it, cool. If you don't like it, don't, 
But at the end of the day, my, my friends who I know grew like they grow their own weed. They never, they, they go out of town and they buy the stuff dirt cheap. They're never going to go to a store and buy it. Not for you. Not for you. Sorry. Sorry, but you're not that demographic. So having said that, I am excited to talk to blaze and be like, all right, buddy, what do we want to work on? What should we, what should we think of to, to make our shit work together? I will read to you guys the quote of the week since since I've been doing these little segments, you guys let me know if you're enjoying them. Contact at onemanpodcast.com. I'd love to know if you're actually enjoying the, the little segments that we're doing. But I also want to know which ones you like, which ones you don't. And even if you have any contributions yourself. What I, but, I, but what I mean is I also want to know, there's one that's, that, that actually almost makes me not record the podcast because I don't have it ready. That used to happen with the bathroom readers. It used to happen with the top fives where I'd be like, Ooh, I need a top five and I don't, I don't have one ready. So it's like, well, I can't record right now. I got to have to go work on something, start working on it. Phone rings. And I'm like, okay, this is just not going to happen. So what I'd like to, to say is I think that there's a few segments that I, I enjoy. I really like the quote of the week. I'm a guy who walks around with a lot of quotes and a lot of cliches and things like that. But they they help me organize and and succinctly express where I'm coming from at times. So I've really enjoyed the quote of the week. I like the top fives. I, I enjoyed doing them for a while, but then I get to a point where I'm like, oh, I have to do the episode today. I'm like, I haven't even thought of a top five. So now I have a top five master list where I can actually just go to that and and throw ideas. I can just scroll through it, throw ideas and into it. And then if I see one that's complete, I can just grab it and use it for the podcast. So I like the top fives and I even thought of a new, a new segment potentially just called never seen. It was something I thought of. I was like, oh, this is a thing I've never seen. And I'm shocked that I haven't seen it. It might be a thing, but I've never seen it. So I'm going to share that with you guys this week as well, but I don't have a word of the week. The word of the week was one that was fun where I came up with like four or five words right away that I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what this word means. And I've heard it a lot, not quite sure. So I'm like, well, maybe, maybe the same as you guys will find that, but I'm finding that just even when I do it, it's, it's hard for me to come up like to, to genuinely come up with a, a word that I'm like, I've heard, but I don't know. Cause I can just be like, Hey, big words. But, but if I don't hear them all the time, then they're not something that, that, you know, I feel is important to you or important to me, but quotes are important to me. They, they address things that I'm having a lot of people in my life going, Oh, I like that quote. Oh, I'm going to, I like that. I'm going to use, I'm going to steal that. I'm like, well, you can, you can take it. You can use it. It's belongs to all of us. You know, it's public domain. When somebody says an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, they, you know, that I didn't write that. And nor do I ever claim that these quotes are, none of them are made up by me. I assure you, I will let you know if I, if I come up with something that I'm very proud of, but just something that like this week with like try booking gigs that are on the calendar where we're like, we're looking for reps, try to book it. And they're like, Oh, it's already been booked. And we didn't, we didn't, we posted it by accident. Like, okay. And then I'd love to do this one. Actually, we're going to use some other people in Toronto for it. Da, 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 da. Having another gig that was on the calendar and it changes. Like, even though I'm always booking stuff, like change happens all the time. You got to be able to roll with the punches, which is one of the things that, and I know a lot of companies like working with me cause I don't fucking throw a shit fit when things change. I just try my best to adapt. But the thing is with a good suggestion in life, guys, is to understand that change is, is always happening, which brings up this week's quote. The quote of the week is the only constant in life is change by probably going to mispronounce Heraclitus, Heraclitus, Clurus. Let's go ahead and say, how do you pronounce? Yeah, I even spelled that wrong. Heraclitus. And if, if somehow Siri gets it wrong, guys, I'd like you to do it. Oh, hey, I just pressed the button. Why won't it say it? Is it because I've been on silent? Oh, it's because it's connected. Hold on. I got to unmute that. Now let's do it. Heraclitus. Heraclitus. There we go. One more time. Heraclitus. Easy peasy. 
Love it. So Heraclitus, his quote, the only constant in life is change. So everything changes is effectively what he said. He's just a wordy motherfucker. We're going to do the top five, gang. Last week, I did the top five twists in movies I didn't see coming. This week, I'm going to do the top five twists in movies that I did see coming. Now, did see coming, I'm not going to say that that's me saying I didn't know and I predicted it. Some of these are classic, classic movie twists, movies that are known for the twist being so huge. Sadly, some of them were ruined for me. In fact, two of probably the most iconic movie twists someone had told me about the ending before I ever saw it. So I I went through the movie knowing the whole time that this was a thing and it did detract from the movie for me. So here I go with this week's top five, top five movie twists I did see coming. Number five, Fight Club. So disappointing. If if anyone listened to the the episode last week and it's like top five movie twists I didn't see coming, I would imagine most people would probably have the Tyler Durden thing for Fight Club on that list. The reason it wasn't on mine was because my good friend Tasha back in high school, or maybe just afterwards, I was hanging out with her one day and, you know, we got together in the afternoon. I was like, oh, what would you do today? She's like, oh, I just came from a movie Fight Club. Like, spoiler alert coming in five, four, three, two, one. She's like, yeah, I just saw the movie Fight Club. I was like, oh, what's it about? She's like, I don't really know, but like, it just turns out like the whole time, like Brad Pitt was a figment of Edward Norton's imagination. I was like, oh, didn't think anything of it until like everyone started talking about the movie. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't spoil it for anyone else, but I was like, okay. So when I watched it, I knew the whole time that he wasn't, he wasn't real. And so I got to see like, you know, the end of the movie where it's kind of showing you all the scenes where it's like, oh, she just missed him and he wasn't there and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, no no wonder, you know, like, yeah, oh, I totally see it now. It's like, no, I, I like in those moments I was getting it because I knew he wasn't real. And so that was disappointing, but it was, it was a twist that I did see coming when watching the movie. Number four, another one, very iconic, very, very disappointed that I didn't get to see it and enjoy it for what it was, is the usual suspects. The Kaiser Sose was in your hands the whole time twist, which hopefully isn't spoilery. I mean, at this point, this movie is so fucking old. It was like the second big movie that, that Kevin Spacey had done. The first one being seven, funnily enough with, with Brad Pitt, but the usual suspects, great movie. I watched afterwards. It was a little bit harder. The reason I say, you know, I put it as number four and not number five is because it was a little bit harder to quite see exactly how it was being done. And I still got to enjoy how he was weaving the web. So it was, it was fascinating to watch, but I have only watched the usual suspects once and I've watched fight club many times. Fight club is absolutely outstanding movie. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Hopefully you skipped 10 seconds ahead when I said the thing. So it didn't ruin it for you. But even if, even if you have it, the end ruined, it's still very enjoyable to watch. And there's a lot of other metaphors that have nothing to do with the twist ending in there that are great. So number three, the visit from M night Shyamalan. That movie, The Visit, you're watching it the whole time. You're like, what's the weird twist? Because M. Night Shyamalan, this is now several movies into his career. You're like, oh, what's what's the twist going to be in this one? You know, there's so many stupid twists in his movies. What's the stupid twist of this one? And one of the one of the least moronic twists of any of his movies, however, one of the most predictable ones. It's hard to predict something absolutely stupid. 
like I said, I mean, I, I talked about the twist we didn't see with the village last week, but this, this visit one, it was kind of like the whole time you're like, yeah, these don't seem like their grandparents and they're deliberately avoiding them from camera for the mother. So there's all these different ways that like, oh, the mother never, never saw them. It was pretty obvious what they were doing is like, that's not going to be them because otherwise they would have, you know, the mother would have chatted with them a little bit or something. So it just seemed, seemed too convenient. It was a very obvious ending. Number two. The, uh, and I didn't spoil it for you. I just said it was obvious that they, that they weren't, there's still maybe some, some, some stuff in there for you. Uh, there's also an incredibly gross scene that was just, I, I felt so unnecessary, but super gross. Number two, the sixth sense. That's right. If you are the kind of person, one of his first big movie, M night Shyamalan first big movie. If you saw that movie and you didn't know Bruce Willis was dead, I don't know how to help you. I'm shocked at how many people didn't know. My brother and I were watching that movie. No bullshit. This is one we sussed out on our own. We're watching that movie as like 14 year olds, you know, or, or, or that age range. I was probably 15. He was probably 13, but you know, at that age watching it and we're like, Aaron's like, do you think he's dead? I'm like, yeah, I was just thinking that I'm like, I think it's like, we think he's dead because like nobody's ever talked to him. His wife's ignoring him. All of these different things in the scenes. It's like, he's got to be dead because they're not really explaining anything. No one ever talks to him or like to the point where later on in the movie, I was saying, okay, they're, 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 they're trying to make us think that he's dead and it's going to turn out that it's something different. And so when he walks into the house and has this epiphany and the ring rolls down the hall and he's like, he's I'm dead. That, that gunshot wound killed me. I'm like, I'm like, it, it's not a big surprise to us. We were like, really? It was that obvious. Like we're supposed to be surprised at this point because I'm like, if you, if you think about the narrative of the story, this guy's always yelling to his wife and she doesn't answer him, whatever. But I'm like, but he also hasn't had a conversation with her in a year. So for him to not know he's dead, like there's scenes where, you know, the kid walks in and he's sitting in a chair across from the mother. Well, that's all well and good for the way the scene was framed, but you're like, so this guy just walked in the woman's house, didn't say hello, sat down beside her. They didn't address each other at all. How did he get, how did he get wind of this kid's problem? Like when he's talking to the little boy and he's like, oh, why are you and your wife getting divorced? This is what he says. Some, something along the lines of this. Cause I remember it being the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, like quite literally one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life was, oh, well, you know what? I spent, I spent so much time working with children that my wife didn't like the man that I became. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what this guy's, this guy's helping traumatize children and his wife doesn't like the man to the point where she gives you the silent treatment when you are with her. And for some reason, the fact that you like her, she, or no one has spoken to you for an entire year wasn't the red flag. So I'm like, not only was it obvious that he was dead, but the suspension of disbelief for the character that he has lived a year, this isn't like two weeks later, right? This is a year later and nobody has ever spoken to you because you're dead and you haven't put it together yourself that you're dead going to bed next to your wife or, or anything like that. She's not once, not once has he overheard her have a conversation about how he's gone and she misses him or anything like that. So I thought, I thought not only was it obvious to us that he was dead, it was it was such bad storytelling and a, and a huge expectation of the audience to suspend their disbelief that this woman 
This guy believes that his his wife hates that he's helpful to traumatize children so much that she ignores his existence at all times, no matter what. Again, this is like a year later, he yells at her to like pick something up from the store. He doesn't, so it's like, so in a year you haven't even asked her to do something. Like it was just, it was, it was too much. It was too much. That was, that was an ending we saw coming and shocked that more people didn't. The number one, the number one most obvious twist in movies or the, the, the twist endings I did see coming was a movie that I didn't even watch. I saw a 60 seconds of it in the middle and it was Detective Pikachu. Haven't even watched the movie, but that's how painfully obvious the twist ending was, was I, I saw like a minute of it. I was with, I believe Red's, uh, Red son watching it and they were just, they were just talking and I was like, Oh, what's, what's this movie? about?" I go, why, why isn't Pikachu sound like the one from the cartoon? Why does he sound like, why is he Ryan Reynolds? I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And they were just like, Oh, this is a story about like how like a kid who like, like his father dies. And then, so he like, he gets like a Pikachu or whatever. And I was like, I was like, Oh, and it's going to turn out that at the end of the movie, the, the, the Pikachu was the kid's father the whole time. And then read like without, you know, ruining it for the kid or whatever, like looks at me and she's like nods. And I was like, wow, that's how obvious, that's how fucking lazy that story is and how obvious the twist is in that. I'm like, I'm like, I literally just heard the premise, like, oh, this kid's dad dies. And so he gets a Pokemon. I'm like, okay. And that's Ryan Reynolds because it's going to turn out it's his dad. And she's like nods. I'm like, boom, that is without even watching the movie. That is the, the, the was probably one of the most twist endings I've ever seen. Now that was not so much buried that it's like, oh, look, this, these two people don't like each other. At the end of the movie, they're going to be friends. Well, it's not really a twist. That's just kind of how shit goes. But it being like, oh, it was my dad the whole time. The don't like I'm over it. Fucking movies. So that's the top five guys. Top five movie twists. I did see coming fight club, the usual suspects, the visit, the sixth sense and detective Pikachu bing, bang, boom. I want to plug the K and KT belts discount code in the, in the show notes, guys go down there, check out their belts. They're fucking super awesome. Really, really cool. Really, really nice. And that code will get you 25% off your entire order. I'm still loving my special fine foods. I'm eating their, you know, their summer sausage and, and some stuff like that. I cut it all up into nice little pieces. I throw it into my eggs and I get a nice little, nice little, you know, meat omelet every day, keeping with the keto. Very, very happy about that. Coming up this week. Oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. I wanted to throw out another, another little segment. It's very small, but I don't have a word of the week this week. And I think that I'm probably going to eliminate that. And then every now and again, I think this one's kind of fun because it was just something that popped into my head, but I'm like, I've never seen, you know how like baby, basically everybody babies their dogs so much where it's like, you can watch videos of someone grooming their dog and then giving them a chew and then rubbing lotion in their paws and like doing all this spa stuff and, you know, clipping and, and the, 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 the jackets and coats and costumes that they wear and the little boots that they put on their feet and the pampering this and pampering that. And then, Ooh, I made doggy cheeseburgers where it's beef, but then the French fries are, you know, some, some like root vegetable that's better for them. And that the ketchup is, is beets mixed with blah, blah, blah. And it's all this like healthy shit, you know, egg meringue buns for them. So it's like, I made my dog burger and fries, but it's all like healthy dog stuff. Like it's all this, all these different dog things. You know, one thing I've never seen, which I feel like I probably should have by now is I've never seen anyone paint their dog's nails. I've never seen nail polish on dog nails. And after all that fancy shit, why don't we get that? People spray colors in their dog's fur now, right? I don't know why. I really don't know why I haven't seen that. I feel like that's a thing that's out there with all the dog, dog, this, that, and the other. Why haven't we seen someone painting their dog's nails? Um, you may have seen it, but I'm saying in all the Instagram shit, 
Never seen that. So if you have something you've never seen, if you have a quote of the week, if you have a top five list, if you have anything at all that you want to share, contact at onemanpodcast.com. That's the email. You send it to me. I will read it on the podcast. That is the deal. I'd like to let you guys know that coming up this week, I'm going to be working uh, for a, you know, I'm, I'm doing the, the second of the two Rito activations for this week. I'll be doing the second of the two weeks and final weeks for that activation, which has uh, got me getting up pretty early in the mornings for that. I'm also going to be doing a Tim Hortons gig for, uh, for winter loot. I'm going to be, you know, trying to bleach those shoes to see if that, if that brings them back to life. But overall, I'm just excited to be, I'm just excited to be doing stuff again. Another weekend of, of gigs coming my way. We'll see how that pans out. I'm just excited. I'm excited to be working again. I like doing what I do, like doing it with the people that I do it with. I'm liking seeing the numbers come off the scales. I'm liking, you know, I'm liking people's heads turn a little bit when they haven't seen me in a couple months and go, holy shit, dude, you've lost weight. It feels good. It feels good. Makes me want to keep going. But having said that too, I'd really love to hear about you guys. Well, hear about you guys, about what's going on, but I'd really like to hear from you guys about the podcast with Rich. You know, I'd really like to know, should I, should I, you know, chronicle what I'm doing and then, you know, hopefully I don't want to say be an inspiration, but help coach, help be an ear, help inspire, help support other people who are struggling versus just inviting douchebags onto my show to talk about fitness and the amount of meat, the size of your palm, all that bullshit. All right. Listen, listen, fatties, you might have genetics that make it easier for you to gain weight, but at the end of the day, you do it to yourself. And rather than like being like, Oh, vegetables are better than a baconator. No, you're going to, you're going to go, why am I doing it to myself? What, what is hurting? What am I missing? What am I sad about? And how do I fix that? Cause if I fix the, why I'm sad, like guys, while I'm losing weight, I'm not, I'm not fucking stress eating. I'm not sadness eating. I am sad. I have reasons to be sad and it does affect me, but I recognize it and I chug a glass of water or I do something to make me feel less shitty about myself. Because I'm like, if I'm feeling lonely and single at 41, ugh horrific feeling. But if I'm feeling lonely and single at 41, crushing a bag of gummies or eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's, despite how fucking unbelievable it is, it's just going to, it's going to make me good for, feel good for five minutes. And, and then I'll go back to feeling shitty once the dopamine wears off. So, you know, you'd be better off to, to rub one out or, or flick your bean there for a, for a sense of good feeling than you would to put 1500 calories of ice cream in your gullet in five minutes, you know? So that's all my message is you do it to yourself. All right. And you got to figure out why you got to fuck me. I don't know anything. No, don't listen to me. I don't know anything. Listen, I appreciate the fact that you guys are here with me. I love you spend your, your time with me and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Yeah.